shed the days like skin Pray for evenings in Hold their hands in the street When you walk them off to school A box too full to shut Cardboard paper cut The bleeding edge of a picture Of your parents when they were cool Welcome to Edu Matters, where education matters. Brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. And now, here are your hosts, Christy Vincent and Brian Bruger. Welcome to the Edu Matters Podcast, Episode 6, The Tech Chef for June 5th, 2012. I am your host, Christy Vincent. Tonight, we are joined by my co host, Brian Bruger. The Element OP producer, Mark Cockrell, and our special guest this week, Lisa Johnson. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks for having me. We're very excited you were here and you stuck with us through our um, interesting um, cheap tech setup we have going tonight. Yes, Christy, do, do enlighten us because there will probably be a few people who don't get the pleasure of watching the live stream. So Where are you? Any extra noise that will be filled in tonight, like the train behind me that's now moving, is compliments of the fact that I'm moving. Like, house locations? That's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> my internet provider, oops, kind of cut off my internet a couple of days earlier than they were supposed to. So I am at the public library that closes at 8 o'clock in my town, sitting outside of it using their Wi-Fi, plugged into the side of their building with the train track behind me, dogs barking, people walking by, and I fully expect the cops to show up anytime now. Tonight's Edumators podcast brought to you by your tax dollars. Hard at work. (laughs) Absolutely. And I would just like to make one, get one commitment here. In the event that the police do show up, Keep the cameras rolling. Yes. Can, we, can we get that commitment from you? <laughs> yeah, you have me full. I, I, I'm fully committed in more ways than one. Should you Just, be caught, you all knowledge of your actions will be disavowed. Okay, but the flip side of that is that you all have to agree to talk to the nice officers when they get here. <laughs> Yeah, just stick the microphone out and say, Officer, do you have any opinions about technology and education or the educational system today? I mean, this could end up being good. Indeed. Lisa, <laughs> our apologies. Our sincere apologies. Okay. Now that we've got our intro out of the way, and I'm now sweating because I cannot turn my car on to enjoy the AC in the 92-degree heat. Again, Lisa, welcome. Thank you. You look beautiful, Christy. Honestly, you're glowing. I'm sure I am. <laughs> it's called blushing, but thanks. Now, you are attempting to find your way to a heat-stricken area this summer, are you not? Uh, which which uh, heat-stricken? You mean San Diego? Yes. And how are, how are you attempting to get there? Uh, well, by way of vote. All right. Tell us about it. I've been reading it on Twitter constantly. So tell us about what's going on and why you need votes. Well... As, uh, you know, many of the districts are cutting back on funding, that that tends to be one. ISD 2012, you know, being off contract hours and things like that, they're just, you know, they're not able to provide funding for that. So I came across a nice little We Are Teachers, you know, contest. Did not know how long two weeks of sending out tweets all the time would be and harassing people for votes would be. Uh, but I, I'm actually currently in second place. The top two teachers uh, or, or tech people will get to attend. Uh, voting ends May 31st at 11.59 p.m. So so you can vote as many times as you have valid email addresses to vote. Just for the record, that's after uh, this show will come out after that happens. So all of your lobbying here is not going to do any good. <laughs> that's okay. Well, then let me just tell you, yay, I win! (laughs) There are two people in the chat room, Mark. They could vote for her tonight. That's true. That's true. Every vote And make a difference. (laughs) You two can send me to ISTE. I have many, many email addresses. I could probably put you over the top just on my my own. 
Well, thank you for that. Yes. So, so that's kind of my, I, I'm trying to get to ISTE. I love attending conferences. I'll also, I guess I'll be seeing you live in person at White Oak on the 8th. Yes. 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 You will see me live in person as you will, Mark. Ray. <laughs> hey, do you, do you don that purple hat out in public? Yes. I, I, every time I present the hat, now my phone's ringing. Every time I present, the hat must be on. I don't know who's calling, but they can wait. <laughs> I thought it was just pleasant birds chirping in the background. That, that's 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 what it was. They were they were excited. <laughs> so yes, I will be wearing my purple hat. Anytime I present, I wear my purple hat. And Scott Floyd in White Oak has cleared me for the purple hat. Nice. You had to be cleared. Yeah, some people think that when I wear the purple hat, the men with the white jackets come. <laughs> but that's okay. So, yes, we will see each other at the beginning of June. And you are very, very, very busy with all of your conferences that you have coming up. Indeed, indeed. Yes. Uh, well, actually, will you be at iPad Palooza? That's the next one after June 8th. So June 8th is White Oak. iPad Palooza is on the 19th. And I know that's like a huge shindig. Tony Vincent will be there uh, in Eanes ISD in Austin. And then hopefully, crossing my fingers, uh, I will be at ISD because I really, really, really want to go. And I do believe you should go. And, oh, and you've got Tots and Tech coming up in Galveston, which is... Oh, yes. um, really geared towards K6, maybe a little older, but it's really geared to that younger crowd. And I'm, I'm really excited to go to that conference. I missed it last year, but I really enjoy the time we get together to really present the technology to the younger guys because I feel like they're often forgotten. What's been your experience with that? Yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, I'm a mom of two, two preschool boys, so uh, that's it's innate to you know using the iPad. And both of those kids have basically grown up using either an iPad or an iPhone. So they know nothing different than that. Uh, but yeah, I do, I do feel like they kind of get a little bit left out, especially, I, I don't, I don't think elementary gets left out all that much. I really think it's more just that, that pre-K primary that maybe like pre-K to second grade or so doesn't get as much focus on it as, uh, you know, our three to fifth or third grade to fifth or maybe sixth or eighth high school, et cetera. They get a lot more focus on productivity and one-to-ones and all of that stuff that's going on. So yeah, I would, ha would have to agree, but I'm looking forward to that one as too. Actually, I was just on the phone with uh, Futaba. They do that little preschool app, but it's also for language learners. And uh, they're actually out of Japan. Well, he's, oh, wow. he's out of Japan. And uh, I just had a conversation with him earlier today about it was 545 tomorrow. There he will actually be making the nice little flight to Tots and Technology in Galveston. He'll actually have a booth there. I'll have to be stopping by there. Stop by Futaba. Woohoo! So on your <laughs> show notes, speaking of small children and iPads, we are going to be discussing how your children are using the iPad? Sure. Uh, well, my kids, you know, it's. I will tell you it's hard, especially if you have different age children in the house, because I have a two-year-old, almost three-year-old, and then I have a five-year-old, and that is why we actually now have three iPads. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you buy one. I was given one for work, and then, you know, the power of the iPad, and the next thing, my husband said, well, the kids always have it, so I need one for myself, and so now he has one that's essentially also used by the children, and then I bought another one because I have to have my own. And I will tell you, a 16 gig is not big enough for a power user. No, not the, at all. It's funny because we're, we're in the middle of the same phenomenon, if you will, in our household. I have one for work. The kids have received one. And because there's three of them and one iPad, one person gets the iPad and the others go, can I play your phone? Mm -hmm. So... I'm sure the the third and or the second third one in the family is coming soon, if you will. Yeah, it's my wife jumped ship and she went to the Kindle Fire. Teach his own. I <laughs> teach his own. 
I actually, you can't see it right now. I wish you could. Hold on. Wait for it. Wait for it. Okay. I have weird techie shirts. This one says my apps are greater than your apps because I'm also uh, come from a math background. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Christy's shaking her head. Um, but, you know, it's it's funny. We were just talking about using children and how, how do you, uh, with the multitasking and like searching for apps and things like that, do you sit down and let them, you just kind of give it to them and let them play? Or do you actually kind of sit down and show them how to do it the first time and then kind of let them run with it? We have never shown them anything and we haven't ever really needed to. On occasions when they're, you know, using a game or something like that, um, whether it be educationally related or not, they will come and ask, how do you do this particular, you know, thing here or there? But even our two-year-old uses it, and she's never been taught how to use it. She can navigate through. She can find where the games that she likes to play are. We've never sat down and said, this is how you do it. And, and it's worked fine. It's um, so amazing. We have such a different experience. Uh, my, <laughs> my experience of the iPad is my kids coming to me saying, Daddy, how do I get the fun brain on the iPad? Oh, well, you can't. Well, we use that at school. I'm sorry. It's flash. You can't get to that. Well, how do I get to, to uh, the re accelerated reading? Uh, you can't. That's Java based. We can't do that. Well, how do I get to my spelling list? Uh, you can't, honey. That's that's flash based. That's been my experience with the iPad. Accelerated Reader has an app. See, you don't know that there's an app for that, Mark. There is not an app for uh, like nine out of ten of the things they ask me to do. I look. I do. Uh, but, yeah, there's not. I will Nobody tell just... you I'm a new fan of Quizlet because you can create all of those spelling lists and all that kind of stuff. And it's a website. So whether you use it online or whether you use it on the iPad, it works the same. Interac interactivity as well. But but this is coming from somebody who is wearing sync cable earrings and will not use another device. So I'm I'm a wee I'm a wee bit biased. That's okay. So is Mark. So speaking <laughs> of apps and all the fantastic apps that are out there, what are some of your favorite apps, Lisa? For myself or for my kids? Both. All right. Well, I will tell you. Uh, it's funny, Puppet Pals comes up, and that was one of the first apps I had actually downloaded, what, two years ago? And it's interesting because, you know, you see an app like that, and, you know, your kids pick it up instantly, and they do their little puppet shows. And my son was just playing with it over the weekend because he now does not take naps anymore. And if you are a parent of somebody who used to take naps and does not take any naps, it is not fun because I had this little window of two hours I could do work during the day, and that is gone. Thankfully, the iPad provides that time back. But um, you know, it's funny about Puppet Pals because high schoolers use it as well. So there was an app. Uh, we had government students using Puppet Pals where they reenacted court cases and things like that. So I, it's interesting to me that even apps that I think were geared towards a preschool student are totally user-friendly for adults. You even have principals creating Puppet Pals, you know, for their faculty meetings or staff meetings or whatever. So that's one. And then I'm addicted to SnapGuide. That's my own personal addiction now is SnapGuide. And that's something I, I either came across or iPad Sammy came across. I couldn't tell you what it was, but that is a phenomenal tool. So have y'all played any with that or not? I've just seen it from what you've tweeted. I have not. It has Twitter integration. Always, always good. Um, basically, you just create step-by-step how-tos. It does not currently have a Droid version. It's only an iOS app, but it publishes to a website. So they're basically step-by-step -step guides. So each step of the guide will have either a photo or a video or something like that. And it's it's so cool. It, it's similar to Pinterest in the sense that you're going to have uh, cooking and do-it-yourself, you know, how to build your own studio or something of that nature. But... uh it's it's being used a lot in education as well. So there's a lot of really good resources out there. I know iPad Sammy's class has actually posted some. I saw some, uh, if you've got really artistic students, it was like step-by-step -step directions to turn a photo into like this cartoon drawing, which mm -hmm. is far beyond my artistic capability. But it's just, it's a really, really cool thing. It's becoming very popular now. 
Well, you are quite the busy individual. Now, what are your kids' favorite app? If you could just pick one for each of your kids, what is their favorite app? Jeez. Anything by Toka Boca. Any and everything. It all goes, huh? Anything by Toka Boca. I will tell you that if you have not seen, like, the Toka Tea Party or the Toka Kitchen or all of these, like, interactive virtual things, um, those are his favorite. It's funny because, you know, they have those little links at the bottom and it'll say something like... Um, you know, coming soon, he would always click on that and it would take him to YouTube where it would be like a video trailer for what the app was, but it wasn't available yet. Trying to explain that that's just a video trailer and I can't give you the app right now to a four and a half year old was a little difficult for a few weeks. So once it was available, I was very pleased that that came out. So those Toka Boca and uh, any of their apps are probably some of their favorites. Ever had your kid run up a $100 bill buying fish on the iPad, or is it just me? Buying fish? No. I actually turn off the in-app purchase and the restrictions before yeah. I hand it to them. I do now. <laughs> $200 later. <laughs> yeah, we definitely turn off the uh, ability to delete apps, and we turn off the ability to um, to purchase or make changes like that just because we have a two-year-old and a five-year-old, and these things happen. <laughs> and since the iPad is so restricted and locked down anyway, you barely notice it. You know, that's funny, because I keep talking to people who are, you know, oh, I, I did jailbroke my iPad and turned it into a Windows machine, and all, I, you know, he'd show me, you, you sure you don't want to jailbreak your iPhone? Look at what I can do. I can screencast for real, and, you know, I can make Siri be Sarah. To me, that's cool. I just don't need it. I think Mark and I are gonna gonna have a throwdown before the podcast is over. I just have to represent a little Android love. This show has become all iPads all the time. I'm just trying to bring balance to the force. Balance all right. Well, we brought. will dedicate an Android show to you very soon, Mark. But you know, the teacher in me just has to say. It's not about the tool. It's not about the tool. Okay, when she's wearing a shirt that says, my apps are greater than I am, your apps, she's making it about the tool. She started it, teacher. She started it. Children. Uh, well, here you go, Mark. As soon as you find a teacher who is using Android devices in their classroom, well then you let us know and we'll bring them on and we'll talk to them. But until then, we'll talk to the iOS people who are actually using their devices effectively in the classroom. As Lisa, long as they I don't need Flash or Java or anything <laughs> we like don't. that. <laughs> All right, I'll be, I'll be a good boy now. <laughs> so to bring the show back again, Lisa, can you talk to us about some surprisingly educational apps? Yes. Uh, when we first started the show, the show that I do, Happy Hours for You, back in August, our very first episode was Surprisingly Educational Apps. And it was edutainment-based apps like Songify or Talking Tom. And it was because we were seeing these apps that could be really used purposefully, productively in the classroom, but they were very, you know fun, engaging, you know, they did, when you looked at it, you didn't just scream out, oh, well, I could see that you could use that for language or math problems. So that's kind of how we based some of our shows. Well, those tend to be the most popular of our episodes. So for example, um, Epic Citadel was, we were talking about is, uh, is an iPad app that looks like a virtual video game world, but it doesn't have any characters it doesn't have any uh you know violence in it it's just a virtual 3d world you can explore so we talked about you know taking screenshots and being able to you know create your own story with it you know if you were writing about it it's like what characters would exist here you know poetry things like that so we were basically assigning some instructional value talking about how it would be used you know what the student product would be that just that sort of thing because it wasn't incredibly obvious now, I'm wondering if you have the same, I don't know, situation that we have at our school 
with our iPads, we have teachers who are really excited about these new apps and everything. And as soon as you hand somebody their first iOS device, they just start downloading apps after app after app after app, only to realize that six weeks later they've used three of those, you know, 400 apps that they've just downloaded. And when we're managing, you know, our labs of apps and everything, the teachers will ask for a lot of different apps to be put on their devices for the students to use. But then when you actually go back and track and find out how much they've actually used them, very, I shouldn't say very few, but a, there's a big discrepancy between how many we've downloaded and how many have been used. Yeah. Um, is there a good way to kind of sort through all of that kind of stuff beforehand to make it a little bit easier on the teachers? Or is it just pretty much a download 800 and pick five? We, it, the way we set them up on one of our campuses, we have about 400 devices. We're a title, I represent three different Title I campuses. So I do have a lot of technology, more so than some of the other campuses in the district. Uh-huh. But um, the one middle school has about 400 iOS devices. Some are iPods, some are iPads. I have laid hands on every single one of those multiple times because every time I had to retrofit or update to iOS 5 or anything, it had to go through me. But we, I set them up with a load of apps, you know, for, and each iPad was like, maybe this one's an English language arts, this one goes to math. So I, I set them up with a starter load of, you know, 50, 60, however many. Um, for ELA, most of it was product based stuff, you know, like the Puppet Pals or, um, something that would create like poplet or, you know, just mind mapping stuff like that. So something that they could mm-hmm. use to create a product. If they wanted more, it was, you know, then it kind of went through a downloader process and they actually have like a whole, you know, it's the actual iTunes account is locked down. So you have to go to your department and say, Hey, I want these apps on it. You know, sure. well, what do you need them for? That sort of thing. So there's more of a process, but I will tell you that even though that, that link is, locked down somewhat there are still people who you know at other campuses may have it and download and with wireless downloading it's a nightmare it's a nightmare because you'll have things pop up that people have downloaded for personal even facebook that you don't want on student devices especially student elementary devices wow yeah ours is pretty locked down in terms of everything that gets on the device goes through myself or one other person so um that's been helpful because the account is restricted and limited and things like that. But, um, I just, I'm trying to figure out a way that we can streamline the searching process for our teachers to kind of cut through a lot of the junk so that they feel like they're, what they're getting is, um, more useful in the classroom, I guess. Not that you can't find a way to use nearly everything, but, um, just to kind of weed through some of the um, less significant app purchases and everything. And I'll tell you, all the apps I have are free um, on those devices. Okay. None of them are paid. Um, and I will, I will put like a little caveat in there. They were free at the time. So some sure. of them are no longer free, but, you know, we acquired them free at the time, you know, and Things like album FX where you can create your own book or poplet where you can do mind mapping or, mm-hmm. um, you know, pub pals where you can do the video or video list where you can do, you know, like little video trailers. All of those you could use in any content area and almost any grade level. And so that's kind of what we focused on when we put those devices, set them up that way. That was mm-hmm. our intent to make sure that, sure. you know, and really they're going to use what's there first. And that's great. And then, you know, when it comes time for, hey, do you have an app that does this or, you know, that then it kind of starts going for there. But I I just really wanted them in the hands and getting them using them as quickly as possible. So. Sure. We all are busy little bees in your district. Yes. Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about some of the Mark will love this. Tell me about some of the eye lessons you have seen in your district <laughs> some of the eye lessons i make up words that start with app and i um <laughs> better than palooza everything 
Yeah, well, that's true. We did have a Techapalooza, though, but that was not my doing, so I can't take credit for that one. Um, you know, it's interesting. I had somebody, there's an app called Scribble Press, which allows uh, students to create their own books. So one of them is, it either has kind of a Mad Libs effect to it where you can type in, then it creates the book, or you can just create it from scratch. But the cool thing is a lot of these are being used in classrooms, you know, that have kids who just don't, you know, like a reading workshop or things like that, where they really do need, you know, or they're behind or they need more support and things like that. And it's really interesting to see. I even had a teacher say, you know, after they did this whole, where they were focusing on a zombie, I think it was like zombie vocabulary or something. I, I think she chose the theme. But the cool thing was, she's like, the kids are, you know, engaged, they're learning more. And even just using the iPad for Quizlet and vocabulary, she's like, they learn so much better than having a foldable in front of them. So I, I of course said, can I quote you on that? And will you please send me an email so I can, can use that? Cause it's true. You know, you hear this from teachers all the time, but being able to share that, you know, the kids learn better through this is just a really great testament. And I'll tell you, Lisa Carnazzo, and I've written many, 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 many a blog on what she's doing. She's a second grade elementary teacher and she's only has one iPad. It's an iPad one in the classroom. And I'll tell you, her classroom management is excellent. So she's been doing just amazing things from, you know, weather reports with Talking Tom and Ben to using, you know, Poplet to do all kinds of different things for mind mapping and sequencing. And just, she's got tons and tons of lessons. And the cool thing is she's posting them online so the parents can see. She's got a wiki where it's kind of running so you can see, you know, all these people who, not only parents, but internationally now, you know, are looking at her blog. So the kids are going in and, oh, somebody's from, you know, blah, blah, is looking here. And I saw here at 7-Eleven. So that's not necessarily iPad. That's just good teaching, being able to share resources and publish resources and just share out device agnostic on that. So I think that's testament to just good teaching. As well, it should be. I'm, I, I get easily frustrated when I hear that XYZ technology, fill it in with whatever, is the problem in the classroom or it's a tech problem when often it's not a tech problem, it's a classroom management problem. So I really appreciate that you pointed out that this particular educator has those skills that irregardless of the technology being used, this classroom is a learning environment for these students because of the, the skills she has in managing that. I jumped over to the chat room a minute ago and there were some questions about um, a lot of the apps that you're talking about, if those will be available. And you have these, all these apps available somewhere kind of interesting. Yes. So um, <laughs> I do have the Tech Chef for You app, which is misleading because what it started out was I was just going to create this little personal app that was a, a hub of, you know, the radio show and the blog. It was just kind of like a little, I don't want to say virtual business card, if you will. Well, we got kind of carried away and it became a free sortable app database that now I man in my spare time. Uh, so currently it has about 500 plus free apps. I do need to go back and kind of edit it because it's been out for a month. But all of the apps, almost all of them, I've talked about are in there and you can sort by grade level. You can sort by, you know, content area, things like that. So that's, that's kind of what I've put together because I wanted it. I had so many times teachers would come to me and say, do you have any apps for second grade math? Or, um, what was that, that app you were talking about? Or do you have any free apps for this? And so I kind of made it for myself as well, because Honestly, there's there hasn't been to this point, and if you're looking for, and if you're familiar with the App Store, good luck with finding anything there, because you can't. It's not sorted in that manner until they, because it, it was never really meant to be that. It was supposed to be a personal device, and we just kind of exploded it into education. But it, it's not it's not useful to find things in the iTunes Store that way. So that's kind of why I created my own educational app store for free apps. And um, iPad Sammy, a.k.a. John Samuelson, was on right when he returned from the mobile learning conference in Arizona, and he was talking extensively about the release of that app. Very cool. Yes, I, I, I heart iPad Sammy. Let me give you a little, can you see? I can't make Aww. a heart. <laughs> um, 
yeah, he it's it's interesting talking about just the power of social networking and tweeting and all of that thing. You know, that's how I never met Carl, you know, from Eans or, um, you know, I've had Sammy. All these people have been through Twitter and then, you know, building a relationship through Twitter and then meeting them in person, you know, months later and things like that. Or, you know, through a Google Hangout later on. So it's interesting how many people I've met through just sharing sharing online well the very first time i heard your name was actually this year at tcea a bunch of people were you've got to get to the session you've got to get to the session and i'm reading them running through the halls with my purple hat and my heels and i just keep seeing the word hots show up and hots this and i'm like oh my goodness i think i have spam in my twitter i think someone has porn on my twitter what is this hots for you business i keep seeing everywhere and when I stopped to read them, I'm like, Carl, Carl, do you know who this is? He's like, calm down. <laughs> so give us a quick rundown of all your hotness. Uh, all right. So, uh, yes, it is not spam or porn. Um, <laughs> hot apps for hots. Um, the acronym higher order thinking skills. We probably should have added our, you know, little periods between there, but we did not. So. We were preparing for TCA and we, you know, in the district, you've got the word rigor and Bloom's taxonomy and all of that. So we wanted to basically use apps to, I, rigor, rigor mortis, if you will. Uh, I wanted to use apps to uh, support, you know, higher order thinking skills. So that was the idea. So originally it was just going to be these cute little task cards. And it's like, well, how do you get the task cards to everybody? And then I came across this book um, that, you know, some Apple Distinguished Educators had put together. And we looked at it and we're like, huh, we can do something like that. And then off we go trying to uh, create an EPUB. And next thing you know it, we're like, well, let's just publish to iBooks. Well, now you need an ISBN number and uh, an iTunes, you know, where I'm actually submitting the book and all that. So long story short, now we have a Hot App for Hots uh, book in iBooks. And we've had probably over 7,000 international downloads. I have to say, derailing or not, I'm waiting for the Hot for Teacher app. Wow. Well, you know, when I am running through an escalator in a massive <laughs> conference hall, that's kind of what I was concerned about when I very first saw it come through. And the more people that called on to it, it just kept coming and coming. And then it was like trending with the TCEA tag. And I'm like... Hmm, I need to find out what's going on and who is so hot because that's all I kept saying. <laughs> hot, hot, and it's all capital. It was a good time. That I, I actually got to. I went to a homeschooling conference um, because my wife um, homeschools our three kids, and so I went to that over the weekend. And while I'm sitting there, you know, looking at some curriculum stuff with my wife and everything, I said turned to her and had, you know, one of those epiphany moments. And I said, honey, I, I know what my homeschool t-shirt is going to say. And she said, what's that? And I said, on the front, it's going to say, I sleep with my child's teacher. And then on the back, it's going to say the perks of homeschooling. <laughs> you, you could really retire from that, Brian. <laughs> I know it would nice. sell. <laughs> I can think of 20 people who, right now who would buy one. So there you go. That's the start of the Hot for Teacher app. Motorcycle, just a minute. Go ahead. Is that it's a police a officer? Oh. Are you rolling up your window quickly? This is a timeout. Well, Hold on. Chris that's a, that's with... a child. Un momento. <laughs> right. Un momento. Speaking of children, hold please. <laughs> you don't get this on any other show, honestly. You get uh, the guest has to run because the child called. The host is currently sweating in a hot car like a like a child like a like a dog left in a parking lot, and uh, <laughs> and I'm coming to you from a giant coffin. Welcome to Edu Matters. Yeah. <laughs> And I thought I'd cleared the room with my teacher t-shirt idea. Actually, that's funny because uh, Yolanda 
who does the, the happy hours for show or happy hours for you. I can't even pronounce my own show. Great. Uh, her husband is homeschooling their daughter with the iPad and they've actually started publishing snap guides and he's on Twitter now. Homes cool. So, uh, I thought I'd give that a little shout out. I think that's very cool that a dad is homeschooling his daughter with the iPad. Great. Christy, you're muted. We can't hear you. Okay. Brian, take <laughs> well, over. There's a reason oh, I'm for back. this. I came there back. We go. Okay. <laughs> so is that your idea of a what iPad classroom? <laughs> she came back for the little uh little pun. Uh yes, <laughs> that would be my idea of a of one to one. Big truck, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let me ask you, uh, how long have you been working with uh, with iPads in education? Well, essentially since the iPad came out, so probably two years. And what would you say is the most surprising thing that you found about it? I mean, of course, you already knew it was the most awesome device ever, uh, but what, what surprised you about them, good or bad? Wow, what surprised me about them? Um, you know, how much it's caught on, to be honest, you know, it, and I will tell you, this is a little known secret uh, that when the iPad, you know, the rumors came out, my husband's like, we have to get one. We have to get one. And I'm like, we have a Mac. I have a MacBook. We both have iPhones. Our son has an iPod. Like, why do I need a large iPhone or iPod? I think is a, what my first initial thinking was. And it's interesting because, you know, I got it and I started playing with it and, and really looking at it. And, you know, when it first came out, most of the, the apps were consumption-based in nature. You know, they didn't really produce anything. And then, you know, the camera comes out, you've got all this stuff, and now you can produce content. I, I still don't think it's essentially a laptop. We're not quite to that point, but it's it's essentially, depending on what you do on a laptop, it's, it's as close as necessary. I still am old school. I need the keyboard, but that's just me. A lot of our students, you know, don't. They have their stylus. You know, they have their they're fine, but that's, that's just my preference. And that's actually what I think is so surprising about it. It's just, you know, I, I had the opportunity to go check out, uh, Ian's ISD cause they have a one-to-one -one there with their high school. And, you know, you're in a math classroom and they're all doing the same task, but it's completely different on every iPad. You know, one kid is annotating the worksheet in this app. Another one's got a stylus. Another one's got a keyboard. Another one's, you know, using a different app. Another one, it's so talk about differentiated learning. It's who knew that that was what we needed. So it's, it's really, really interesting to me. It will be very interesting, especially when we get to the point where we'll have a bring your own technology and they can bring whatever device they have, because I really think that's the next big step. And I know some districts have taken it, but not everybody. This is the part where somebody says something. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. This is just not a good night for me. So when, I mean, we know that some districts have more funding than others. What does happen in a classroom where there may be only one device that can be afforded for a, a classroom? What happens then when every child can't be doing something different on an, on an iPad, say? I think it depends on the classroom. If you've got an elementary classroom where they're used to using stations, one iPad can can be doable. Um, I really would still like to see a bring your own technology even in those classrooms. But I think one iPad is, you know, you've got a computer, you have an iPad, you might have, you know, other station based activities. So I think in an elementary classroom, that's fine. I will say one iPad in a secondary classroom is is not ideal. And at that point, you really need to take a look at having to bring your own technology. Because, again, I'm at Title I campuses, so we do have the funding to almost provide an in-house one-to-one or at least class sets. But there are other campuses in the very same district who are very affluent. You know, most of their kids, I would say 99% of those kids, you know, percent of the students there have either an iPad, an iPhone, a Droid device, something of that nature. They could bring to school. They have it in their pocket. So it's just a matter of utilizing what these students already have. Um, and then, you know, beefing up the wireless network, obviously. But <laughs> yeah. 
So it just, it depends. I think in an elementary classroom, you're fine. In a secondary classroom, one iPad's not going to cut it. Well, I think it, it lends itself well to what you said earlier. They were never intended to be what education has done with them. Very true. Very true. Well, it's even in a class set, you know, it's fine, but, you know, they're not being able to customize it. You know, you've still got this email from here and, you know, now the next kid did it. And what if somebody deleted the work? And, you know, it's just, I don't want to say it's anti-Apple, but it, it they weren't intended for that particular what what we've set them up to be. So I'm I'm very thrilled that we have them. I'm going to use them as is. But in an ideal world, every kid would have their own. That whole pie in the sky that I'm always accused <laughs> of living for. Is that a three point one four in the sky or? A... <laughs> you do have the math thing bad. <laughs> I do. I do. I was actually driving. And uh, I looked down and it said like 31427. And I, I almost thought to take a picture and show my kids because, you know, that's pie. But but no, I was safe. Wow. You probably <laughs> get sad when Pi Day is on spring break. That is sad. All right. So the other thing that I see on the, the list that I wasn't really too familiar with is Listly. What is Listly? Oh, Listly. Listly's like. My new Symbaloo. Um, so iPad Sammy, I have to give a shout out to him. Wait, wait, he, I'm sorry. We can't just bypass that. Listly is my new Symbaloo. What the heck is Symbaloo? <laughs> we discussed Symbaloo with iPad Sammy. Okay, so so Symbaloo is uh, a website that works online as well as off of the iPad. And essentially, it's just this whole big screen of little uh, squares. And you assign a link to each square. So you just have essentially a wall of like 60 plus different hyperlinks that go different places. You can color code them. So like this group of five might be for English or this group of five might be social networking sites or whatever the case may be. Um, so what, what Listly is, is essentially the same thing. Uh, but Listly, you can create lists of anything. So obviously I'm going to create lists of apps because that's what I know and what I do in my sleep. So I've created these lists of apps. But the cool thing about Listly is you can give a thumbs up or thumbs down to anything in the app so people can vote. You know, now let's say it's not uh, this. Let's say you want to give, uh, make a Listly of the top 10 places to visit in Texas or, you know, whatever the case may be, totally un-app related. Um, or you know what? If you want to, you could have a top 20 Android apps that you want to put out there in the world. So that is totally doable too. This is not an iOS uh, uh, particular site, but the cool thank thing you is for that little bit of pandering. I do appreciate it. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm all for it. It's just, it's not my device of choice, but I'm, I'm not anti, you know? Um, so listly, you know, every entry, you can have like a thumbs up or, you know, a thumbs down. You can have comments on the entry. Um, you can crowd rank the list. So, you know, more people have voted on this. You know, it's got all the Twitter in it. You can embed the list. Uh, people can add on to your list. So it's just a really cool site for, for anything. I, I put together, you know, the, I think it's 20 plus, uh, free product based apps. Another one I just did over this, um, especially for your, if you're homeschooling. Um, you know, or having kids at home over the summer, I, I found a bunch of sites that engage your brain essentially, you know, so they're, they might be a game that's, you know, engaging or, or thought provoking or, you know, logic puzzles or just, you know, even just creating how to do stories online, any of that. So I put that together. So those aren't even apps. Those are just websites that, you know, kids could use over the summer. So it's just a way to, you know, if you're preparing for a session or a seminar or something, Here's my listly. Here's all the resources. It's just a nice way to curate, I guess. Very cool. I like thinking of it for using it for presentations. Yeah, that's that's my favorite for it. I think it's a really and their lists are embeddable. They're accessible on you know any device, so that's kind of nice. They're not a uh, they're not flash based. <laughs> <laughs> very well played, Lisa. We very much appreciate having you here tonight. <laughs> Well, Thank you very much for being with us. And we do hope that you get to make the trip out to San Diego for ISTE this year. 
Thank you. It was a pleasure. I'm glad that you weren't uh, railroaded or uh, picked up. It ain't over yet that we much appreciate it. <laughs> it has been a much interesting and fun show. And somewhere in these notes, I have a teacher tip and a tech tip and I think a teacher tech tip. So, you know, it could be a, a great place. Take it away. You have a name, Brian. <laughs> For our tech tip of the night... I wanted to, I figured if we were going to go all iOS all the time, I would provide a, a tech tip of an iOS app, and it is called Nearpod. Wait, didn't we just do this one? Or was that one? about Nearpod. Was that one of the other shows I was on? It may have been one of the other shows that you were on. Because I remember doing Nearpod. I'm sorry. Uh, I do too many podcasts. <laughs> but I did the whole Grover thing. Was that with here or was that another show? Grover no? like the Muppet? As in near? Far. But That was this show. That was this show. Yeah. We already did Nearpod. We do. You know, we have notes that you can go through each week, Brian. We do. But that doesn't mean we go through all of our previous weeks. I haven't done a, a tech tip for a couple weeks. My teacher tip for the week is Google Drive, because if you are a Google district, it is heading your way summer 2012. No, you cannot opt out of it. So while Brian <laughs> makes his case that he has indeed not said anything about Nearpod. I'm pretty sure we talked about Google, Google Drive already, too. I'm going to use my handy dandy Google Drive to look for it in other show notes, since you can search the text of documents <laughs> with Google Drive. And lo and behold, we have our answer. Mr. Brueger, you did Nearpod for episode four. Episode four. It has been a long time since episode Two four. Two weeks, young man. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I, apparently, you. my role tonight is to be the spoiler. I didn't intend for that to be the case. That's just how it's worked out. Well, that's that's par for the course when we have ios topics <laughs> but i do have something else that works not only on ios devices but it also works on flash devices which is now that basically we have ios and we have flash devices is kind of the breakdown of what we've come up with but what i've got is free so it's a fabulous price and it is free electronic textbooks for all devices um and some of you may have heard this, some of you not, but it is at ck12.org. And they've come up with these great things called Flexbooks. Basically, they are a nonprofit group that pays teachers to write textbooks. And they write textbooks and distribute those for free. They've started in the high school grades, which is great if you're in high school and teaching that. But I know in our school, you know, we start end at middle school at eighth grade. So we haven't been able to find any real great textbooks from them until recently. They've started to release um, some titles into the sixth, seventh and eighth grade realms. And so it's been very nice. So ck12.org and you can pick up some free textbooks. They actually um, focused mostly in the math, science, engineering type stuff. And I'm seeing a slight breeze in, in Christy's video feed, and I'm wondering you know, if she was moving the laptop or her camera to get a picture of the cop. Please tell me, the cop is finally there. No, the cops have not shown up. Oh, See, you look totally like the roving reporter. You got the microphone in hand. That's awesome. I'm just, I was waiting for you to stick it out the window and just go, um, sir, would you like to comment on educational technology? You know, we can do a whole brand new show, Mark. The Roving Reporter. This is, yes. As you can see, this is a Class 3 hurricane. We encourage all people to be inside, <laughs> except myself. I'm standing out here just to show you how stupid it would be to be standing out in the wind in a Category 3 hurricane. Back to you, Jim. <laughs> yes, but we can take listener ideas of where I should go. Just so we can rent, we can do our own version of jaywalking. This could be a whole brand new show. <laughs> so I'll find a, a Wi-Fi. Like, it could be great. 
yeah, man on the street questionnaires. You could just, you know, stick a microphone in their face and ask them a question and see what happens. I'm all for it. But see, I actually, what Christy's doing right now reminds me of my daughter, my uh, middle daughter, who's six. And in the last two days, she has started grabbing a microphone and walking up to my laptop at my desk and starts giving a weather report from Africa where I guess there are tornadoes in Africa, she says, and it's very dangerous. So she's doing this weather report and everything like that. And I looked at her and I said, honey, what are you doing? She says, I'm recording a podcast. And so I'm literally trying to figure out a way to either a give her her own podcast. Um, but we're struggling with the topic because I don't think fictitious weather in Africa is a good quality topic or B how could we work her into our podcast? What, oh, I think what we should. We can have we... a student tip of the week. Yeah. I mean, what questions could we ask of a student who is exiting kindergarten and going into first grade <laughs> that would be helpful for our teachers? And I'm not sure what the answer to that is. Just while we're telling cute kid stories, my three-year-old was sitting in the living room the other day going, Element, Opie.com. Aww. <laughs> Well, I have to drive through the city of small town USA and get to my small children. So I will bid you guys, what is it? Fair, farewell, adieu? Yes, but before yeah. you go, let's let them know how to contact us. You and got that it. can be done at either elementopi.com or via Twitter at elementopi, at Bruger, or at Christy underscore Vincent. You can also find us at facebook.com slash elementopi, where you can not only check out our podcast, but also the many other podcasts on the Element OP Network. And finally, for those people who are just holdouts for the phone and they absolutely have to have it, 559-I-AM-OP. And next week, what do we have coming up? More hot weather. More hot weather. And Christy will be reporting... From on the train tracks.